Welcome to the Biz Dad Podcast, where we dive into the melding of fathership and entrepreneurship with your host, the original Biz Dad himself, Adam Labar. Adam is a Christian, a former Air Force officer, a dad to three amazing kids, a coach, a real estate investor, and a business owner. On this podcast, he'll explore the unique journeys of amazing dads who are striving for greatness in both business and family. So whether you're a dad who is an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply a man striving to be a better dad, get ready as the Biz Dad brings you conversations to inspire, challenge, and equip you to be a better dad and entrepreneur. And now, here's Adam. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Biz Dad Podcast. Today, I have a, uh, a fellow uh, veteran, um, father, uh, real estate investor, uh, you know, business uh, business minded guy. I'm really looking forward to getting to know Stu a little bit better. Um, but uh, we got Stu Grazier on the podcast. Uh, Stu, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, tell us a little about your family, a little bit about your business, and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, I'm excited uh, for for your podcast launch. I know it's already going uh, amazing. Got some cool guests so far, and I'm humbled to uh, be on there uh, with those other guys. Um, like I said, Stu Grazier, uh, I am a uh, a husband uh, to my beautiful bride, uh, Crystal. We've been married. Uh, August will be our 15th year anniversary. Um, and then I, we have two amazing children, uh, eight-year-old daughter. Her name is Collins, and a five-year-old Son, his name is Wells. Or if you ask him, it's he's five and a half. Got to make sure that the course, half yeah, is that in there. It needs to be there. Yeah, it has to be there. Uh, but uh, but you know they're amazing, and uh, you know I've dedicated my life to to really um, you know being the best husband, the best father, um, and just better, best leader that I could possibly be in the community. Uh, as you said, uh, I'm a veteran. I, I retired from the uh, the Navy after 20 years of service uh, last June of uh, 22. Congrats. Thanks, man. Um, so I flew uh, helicopters for about 10 years, and then I transitioned and uh, flew uh, C-40s or like a Boeing 737 uh, as well. Um, and uh, that was uh, a really awesome journey. Uh, but uh, I'm glad it's over and I'm on to the next journey. Uh, yeah, for sure. And then uh, and then lastly, like you said, real estate investor, uh, own uh, multiple businesses, uh, Started doing investing when I was uh, right out of college in, my, in flight school uh, in Pensacola. I started investing in real estate, and uh, I've tried about every asset, every niche, every strategy uh, that I could possibly do. Uh, I've failed a lot. Uh, I've learned a lot. Uh, but somewhere along those lines, I've, I've found some success in a few things, too. So uh, happy to talk about uh, kind of you know managing businesses uh, while active duty uh, mm -hmm. and now managing businesses uh, while being uh, you know focused. Uh, husband and dad. Awesome. Yeah. Um, it's funny. You said 15 years and you know, we've got kids very similar in age. I've got my oldest is eight and my, my middle child is, is four. He'll be he's four and a half again. Yep. Got to be specific. With the gotta half. Be specific. Um, so he's four and a half. Um, and they, you're older, so he's eight and a half. I can't, I, I mean, it just doesn't, doesn't end. But, uh, but I was, I was talking to somebody once, like it was my 12 year anniversary or 11 year anniversary, something like that with my wife. We were just walking around and somebody gave us a compliment about how cute of a couple we were. And we we're like, Oh, thanks. Well, how long have you been together? And again, it was either 11 or 12 years. She's like, Oh my goodness. That's so long. Okay. I should talk to you about how, and I was like, 11, 12 years is a really long, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you're, you've got me by a couple of years. So I'm, I'm, I mean, 15, I'm only at 13. So I really have to, 
step my game up. Are you, you were really making a making a big impact here at 15 years? Well, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's funny you say that. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, very I mean, very common for divorce to happen. I mean, it happened oh, yeah. in my family when I was a kid uh, with my two parents, and I think the stats are something like. 50% of first marriages end in divorce now, or, or maybe mm-hmm. even higher than that. And then it just goes up from there. You know, second, yeah. second marriages goes up from there and third marriages. And, um, you know, I think it's kind of like, I don't know, kind of the cool thing to do now is this, like, if yeah. this one doesn't work, go find another one. And, and uh, I a hundred percent disagree with that. And, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, there's, there's obviously challenges with any, uh, you know, intimate relationship. And, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, uh, you know, it's important to me, and that uh, that I focus there and be intentional with, with uh, making uh, making sure I can show up to be the best uh, husband I could possibly be. So, um, for sure, you know, we had uh, uh, we have a podcast as well. And we had a guest, we had two guests on our podcast, and they were they were both at forty years of marriage. So nice. I, I think that's pretty impressive. Right? Yes, it is. Um, yeah. Obviously, that's a goal of ours uh, for sure. But uh, you know, there's a lot that happens within those forty years. Mm-hmm. So you know, always good to. to surround yourself with other men that uh, can kind of lift you up and, and show you some uh, some things to do so you can make it to 40. Very true. I'll, I'll be happy if I'm alive in 40 years, if I'm honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, dude, that, that yeah. beard of yours, man, it's it's like, you know, you can just uh, stash some food in there and some other, uh-huh. you know, some uh-huh. other stuff just when, uh, if you know, if you got to gotta get into survival mode. So yeah, I think you're good to go, man. For sure. Even if I'm not around, the beard will last. The beard will last. The beard, will last. The, beard, the beard will stick around. So my, uh, my littlest, um, there's one, my sister-in-law's mom, uh, who will probably listen to this. Uh, her, uh, she, she just like always gives me a hard time about my beard. And then yeah. she bought my daughter when she was born a onesie that says, my dad's beard is better than yours. I'm like, you're <laughs> complaining about my beard all the time, but here you go. Buying, buying a couture yeah, su- for my beard. Yeah, yes. Su- supporting some swag yeah. for the beard. Clearly supportive. So oh, dude, I, I've tried to, uh, I, I tried to go a beard, um, when, when I was, you know, kind of, uh, getting out of the military and, mm-hmm. I could I couldn't do it, man. Like it just like it got itchy, and I know you got to get past that itch, but I just I just yeah. couldn't do it. And, and my wife hated it; like she absolutely <laughs> hated it. Um, and so you know I had to cut that thing off, and and then I started growing the hair out, and it got mm-hmm. kind of long, and and I and I I hated that, um, but my wife loved it, and she was like, "Oh, I love your locks." But uh, I, I cut that off recently. My, yeah. my son, my five and a half year old son, tried to uh, well, not tried he. Uh, he wanted to get a mohawk, and, and mm-hmm. he wanted to uh, he wanted to get matching mohawk. So he talked me in uh, to getting you know the 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 mohawk, the the faux mohawk cut. Yeah. So I did that just recently. He also wanted to get uh, like you know lines. You know you get like yep. the, the lightning yep, the bolt designs lines. on the side. Yeah, yeah. He he wanted to talk me into that, and I had to I had to put a. <laughs> I had to put a stop. I, he Did he got get it. those at least? Yeah, okay, he yeah, got yeah, those, yeah. but uh, I I couldn't go there yet. Maybe in the That's future. That's funny. Yeah, I'm not sure I could do that either. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I could put that in the side of my beard right before I shave my beard off. Which oh, yeah. I'm not sure when that'll ever happen, but yeah. we'll see. Um, my oldest gives me a hard time about the beard all the time. Says, "Daddy, you look better without the beard." Says, Buddy, you barely remember me without a beard. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you remember seeing pictures? That's about it. But now uh, I've only had it for I guess almost two years now. But when yeah, you when uh, you give them when you give them like hugs and kisses, do you like rub your beard against their, like the side of their face and stuff yes. and get in there? Yes. And as far as the itchiness and stuff, yeah. So you have first off, you got to get through that first like two weeks of of pure itch, especially yeah. in the neck area. But uh, total total uh, soft moment here. 
definitely got to get the right conditioners and definitely got to get the right, like all the stuff. So if you ever decide to do it again, your wife hates it. So you might not, but um, anybody else who has a beard, if you're thinking about growing a beard, you definitely have to have the right stuff. Um, I'm not, not sponsored by Honest Amish, but I love Honest Amish products. They do a great job. They've been making the making a big difference. But my wife will keep, not. She will not have the beard if I don't keep it semi. You know, keep tame. it soft. Like it needs. To, it needs to be yeah. soft. It needs to stay shaved. Um, I, I, if I don't literally blow dry it after a shower and comb it out, it just turns into like this massive poof ball. It's all super curly and it's just terrible. It's terrible. Oh, I was man. in Afghanistan. It was the first time I grew a beard. And the, um, I was with uh, uh, Special Forces guys. And the team sergeant was like, uh, hey, dog guy. Because I was, like, when I was a dog handler, he was like, hey, dog guy, uh, you're starting to look like Wolfman. And I was like, uh, I didn't even know I could grow a beard. So Wolfman's a compliment. Thank you. Like, yeah, I had no thanks. idea. Yeah, I appreciate that. So I had, to, I had to go get it trimmed up a little bit. But I mean, it connects to my chest hair. It connects to the back of my head, underneath my ear. It's, it's dreadful. I think God thought I was going to live on, a, on an iceberg. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what happened. But, you know. Well, I don't know if you've talked about your beard at all on your other podcast. But, I have uh, not. This is the first. Hey, so I appreciate you bringing it up. Keep on talking about it, and maybe you'll get some sponsors, you know? Yeah, and for those of you who are just listening, you need to join uh, on the YouTube channel, and you can see the the wonderful beer that we're talking about. So, uh, anyways, uh, back on track here. So, you mentioned yeah. a uh, um, that your parents went through a divorce um, when you were a kid. Tell me a little bit about your dad and the divorce and how that kind of, uh, you know, if, if you know, how you thought about it then, how you think about it now, kind of what kind of impacts that had on you. Yeah, man. Um I'll probably get a little bit vulnerable here, but that's okay. Um, yeah, so my, my parents divorced when I was five years old. Um, you know, at the time, uh, you know, didn't didn't really know what to think about it, what to do about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had uh, split, and um, you know, he, my dad, ended up deciding to uh, to move to a different state. And so they had you know kind of visiting rights. So I would, uh, I didn't spend a whole lot of time with my dad. Cause he had moved away. So my mom had full custody. Um, and, uh, so, you know, for a long time, my mom was just a, a, a single mom, uh, with two kids. Um, and I have a younger sister and she did everything for us. You know, she, she ran everywhere. We were super active in our schools. We had lots of extracurricular activities, uh, lots of sports. Both, both my sister and I were, were big into sports and playing about anything and everything, you know, we could try. She was just running all over the place. So she was an amazing mom. Um, and, uh, and then I would go and see my dad, um, you know, summers, we'd go spend a, a month with him. Uh, he lived in New Mexico at the time. I lived in Texas at the time. Uh, and then we'd go like, we'd, you know, a week during Christmas and then a month in the summertime. And, um, you know, over time, um, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to not have a father figure in your life, mm-hmm. um, for, you know, especially in those, those, you know, those early years where there's so much um, that a dad can be there for, right? To mm-hmm. to be there to support you in your sports, to you know show a boy how to you know do you know, man stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and you know, so eventually my mom did remarry. Uh, she remarried when I was 12 years old, um, and we ended up moving uh, to Central Texas. Um, my my stepfather. He'd already had kids. He was a little bit older, so he had uh, he had kind of had kind of gone through the round of, of being a dad and and having kids. And you know he was supportive. You know he'd show up to uh, my my baseball games and and football games and uh, be there. But he wasn't like incredibly engaged. You know he wasn't mm-hmm. going to be like taking me out and showing me how to you know fix a flat tire on on my car and and you know change the engine oil and you know kind of stuff like that. Right. So he was he was he was. Uh, he was physically present, but maybe not uh, fully like 
intentionally mentally yeah, present emotionally the there yeah. yeah yeah so um you know it was just normal for me and i just continued to, to go through life i uh, ended up um going to the naval academy my, my stepdad did kind of um support me and, and push me to help me um you know go go uh, be a pilot in the navy um, he was very supportive in that. He helped me a lot with that, um, probably because it was a free education and he, so he didn't mm-hmm. have to pay for uh, college. So he was re- super supportive of that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he was, he was, uh, you know, super helpful with that kind of stuff. Um, and, um, you know, I think not oh, until later I, I on in life. I warned that a child may show up. Oh, nice, Here man. Here we go. You want to say hi? Oh, you just did. You say hi. Oh, you just got it off. What's there up, buddy? Go. I want this to stay. Mr. Stu said hi. Can you say hi? Hi. Hi. What's your name? Rourke. 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 What's up, dude? Yeah. What you got there? Uh, Is that a, I, a balloon? An, uh, there was a balloon flying up there where I just released off of my water ball and I put this in there and I put the bead in there. Up a little higher. Yeah, he had an oh, Easter nice. egg that he put um, a bead inside of a Lego. Yeah, pretty awesome. Whoop. Oh. Are you guys getting ready to go to Sky Zone? Uh, yeah, I'm not much sure to like bring my balloon there because I don't want like accidentally untie them so mm-hmm. my balloon doesn't get lost. Though. That's good thinking. I'll I'll watch it for you while you're gone, okay, buddy? Okay. All right. Can I have my earbud back? Mm-hmm. Have fun. <laughs> I love you, bud. I see you, Rourke. Bye. Bye, buddy. <laughs> have a good day. Don't forget your water bottle. <laughs> I I will make sure it doesn't float away, buddy. I got your balloon. It's safe with me. <laughs> All right. So now they're going to go to Sky Zone. We were Did just talking kids. right before we stood there, hit the recording that. They were supposed to be out the door, and you know your kids. I don't know if they're out the door yet. Are they still slamming away up there? Yeah, I hear some footsteps okay, upstairs. See, yep, yeah, eventually. In Sky Zone, Sky no, Sky Zone's the place, man. My kids Dude, love that place. Wears them out. It's great for the kids. I went last week, um, and I haven't been able to walk since. Like my knee is swollen up, my back is on fire. I was like, God bless. Like this is why the gov- This is why the VA pays me money every month because I can't. I can't play with my kids. Like it's, uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's, there's there's uh, something there's something there though. You know that like I, I get competitive, right? Like oh yeah. I, do you sure. ever get, do you get in the um, the dodgeball area uh-huh. at Sky Zone uh-huh. and start playing? Uh-huh. Just like start yeah. like wailing on some uh, yeah. teenagers that are in there. And I, I may have know. pelted an 11 year old girl last week. Um, I can't confirm or deny whether that actually happened, uh, but uh, it may have happened. I don't know. There's no video evidence. So, <laughs> uh, I've I've gotten in trouble with my wife uh, for uh, for double bouncing. You know, I, I oh yes, you know, of course. I'll double bounce my five year old, and like he gets he gets high, man. But then he yeah. like lands wrong, and he lands on his yeah. neck or something. And he comes off crying, so I, I have to be careful. Yeah, I understand. We got a trampoline in the backyard, and that's that's about all I can do now is just do some of the double bounces. I can't do a lot of the bounces myself. I'll just spring the kids, and that's about it. It's uh, it gets it gets pretty painful for me. So. My uh, my daughter's in gymnastics, and so she always challenges me to try to do the stuff that that she can already do. And mm-hmm. so I tr- I tried to do a front flip on the um on the trampoline a while ago, and didn't land it, but I got close. I was actually pretty proud that I just that I didn't like really seriously injure myself. Nice. Well, congrats. That's that's a win. Honestly, that is yeah. a win. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. 
So, well, um, I don't but, remember exactly where we were before the little yeah, man we came talking in. Yeah, we were talking about uh, uh, getting into the Naval Academy, um, getting the uh, um, the the free education as uh, one of the reasons. Yeah, for my, my step, yeah, that, my yeah. step. That was pretty fun <laughs> about that. Yeah. Um, no, I think um, the the point is, you know, I I didn't know. I thought that was normal, right? Mm-hmm. As as uh, you know, a kid with divorced parents, having step parents, and that just kind of became my normal. Um, you know, later on in life, I think uh, when I actually had some time to reflect on it all, and, and when when I say later on in life, I'm, I'm talking like the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, looking back on it, I realized that there was a lot of impact there. Um, you know, there was a lot of uh, hurt, a lot of disappointment, a lot of um, you know times where I you know where I wish there was uh, a father figure in my life um and it really made me uh, think about how I'm showing up now for my kids for sure. um and it was really you know uh my own transition out of the military to kind of civilian life um you know I was I was so nervous about the transition and I felt like we were pretty set up you know we had started real estate investing a long time ago we had you know property passive in- income you know fully you know financially free had completely mm-hmm. replaced our military income from a financial standpoint um it's pretty set up but there was a lot of other things um you know so i was so focused on like building businesses and like and i got kind of lost and um i wasn't showing up like i should show up as as a husband as a, as a father um for about a two year period um, you know, for a long time, man, like my kids just saw me like this, right? Like yeah. just had the, had the cell phone in front of my face for those that are just listening. And, you know, I was always taking phone calls, raising money for real estate deals or on social media or, or replying to emails. And yeah. I finally kind of woke up one day and, um, I like looked at myself and, and I looked at what my life would be like in 10 years down the road. I, I was being coached by an individual and, and he put me through that uh, exercise of like, Hey, if you do what you're doing now, look 10 years down the road and what would that look like for you if you don't change anything with your life? And I did that and it wasn't good, man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we were financially free, had, you know, we were building wealth. We were good with that, but I didn't have a relationship with my kids. I didn't have a relationship with my wife. Um, I was, I was out of shape. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't, I didn't have a relationship uh, with my God. You know, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. And I kind of stopped like reading the Bible in the mornings and praying and all this kind of stuff because I was so focused on building wealth and creating income and building our businesses that all the other stuff that I said was important. And I said that I was, what I was doing yeah. for kind of got away from me. So that's a, that's a long answer to your question, but I think coming back to it, you know, I think it's really, really important as a dad uh, to make sure that you don't get so focused on on the business side of things that it has an impact for sure um, on your family life. Yeah, I mean, I, we all need to run businesses. I mean, if if you're a you know an entrepreneur, you're going to be running businesses. You're going to be doing that. You got to support your family. That's part of what yeah. you know what we're called to. Do. Um, uh, so you know you have to do it. Um, but not at the expense of it's in support of your family, not at the expense of your family. Yeah. Right. So, you know, uh, I think that you are you prior military, so you kind of understand this concept. I always felt like, you know, m- me as a, 
service member was always, uh, you know, everything was that expense of me, right? The government would just use the heck out of me to do whatever they needed, which is my job. Like, that's what I signed up for. I knew that's what I signed up for. Um, and I enjoyed it for a very long time. I had some really great experiences. Um, but I just got to a point where I realized that, you know, I, I can't keep getting you know, I can't keep getting debits out of my account. Like there had to be like out of my physical account, my mental account, my everything. Like it was just, they're, they're draining me of a lot and I, I'm not able to show up for my kids. Um, so one thing I try to be cognizant of, and I, I'm not always very good at it, but you know, you're, you're bringing it back to light again. is like, I can't let my business become that new debitor, you know, the one that keeps pulling now mentally, physically, you know, and I, cause I, you know, I've had it, not going to get into too many details, but the last couple of weeks have been really rough for me on a couple of different fronts. And it's like, golly, I'm like, I'm just extremely spent. Not to mention I got a new baby. So I'm like, I'm already not getting sleep. I've got a lot of stressful things going on in, in a couple of the companies I'm running. And it's like, golly, I just can't keep doing it this way either. So I've like, there's got to be a time where I sit down and realize what is actually important. What am I, what am I putting, you know, what am I putting first and what am I not? There was actually a book I was just listening to yesterday, mowing the lawn. Um, uh, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I don't remember uh, who. Dude. John Mark Comer. Yeah. It yeah. was uh, amazing um, book. It was, a, it was, there was definitely some points in there where, you know, it, it's a, it's written by, by a, um, a Christian pastor. Um, so it's, it's very focused in that direction, which is good for me because, of, you know, I, I'm also a Christian and, and, you know, the way I, I kind of explain it is it's my God, my wife, my kids, right? And I need to make yeah. sure they're in that order all the time. Yep. Um, uh, which is funny because my my oldest son would ask me why why am I third on the list? So then I had to explain to him you know the reason behind it. I said, "Then when you're married, <laughs> your wife's going to be second on your list." Um, you know, and I and tried to explain everything to him, and he, yeah. he acted like he understood. We'll see. I've got, I'm sure that conversation is going to have to come you know multiple times. But um, it's one of those that uh, I I put on my goal sheet that at least three days a week I have to be studying something in the Bible, doing something yeah. with the Bible, whether it's um, uh, listening to a, um, a breakdown of something on a podcast or, you know, something feeding my brain that's keeping me aware of where I'm going. And then, uh, church is a given, um, you know, uh, that's, that's a, that's a, a given every week with the family. Um, but there's gotta be some extra stuff in there, you know, and I, I, if I can say, okay, well, the wife and I are going to sit down and watch an episode of whatever it is at night, but I'm still not doing the things that are putting, putting my God, my wife, my kids in that order, then I've, I've got to be reassessing that all the time um yeah. the military wasn't letting me have things in that order at all so i i needed to adjust some stuff and that's why i left the military before i even retired which is um an exhausting thought process when you, you know i don't have that blue id card i only have four and a half years left of active duty or two years left in the reserves um to do it and and i i chose to leave and it was uh it was a rough decision but again I couldn't couldn't look at my kid crying like that again anymore, you know, yeah. that type of stuff. So, um, uh, I'm saying all that to say, e- yes, like the the business can easily take that place um, if we, if we let it. So I appreciate you, you know, mentioning that. And um, can you tell me? Well, a, a, it, a, it, oh, go ahead. Let me let me add to that. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it kind of becomes a drug. Oh yeah, like, for sure. It, it's just like I I, I need more, right? And mm-hmm. and, on, and because like you you get feedback from that. Right, you get feedback from success and growing a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes, like being a good dad, you don't get that feedback. Yeah. Right, like you come home to a crazy house and crying kids, and um, you know that, that feedback is not always positive. Yeah, uh, and it's harder. It's it's. I mean, it's hard to be an intentional present parent. It's yeah. it's easy to 
go to work and work there all day long and be quote unquote successful and, you know, get the next sale, you know, or, or raise the next round of money or buy the next house or whatever that is. That's all positive stuff. And even, you know, there could be some, there's negative stuff in, in business too, but like it's, it's, it's a lot harder to, to be at home. Yeah. So I think a lot of men, specifically men, um, choose work and business over, over being yeah. present and intentional dad. Yeah. And I don't, I've tried to put myself in that spot and try to think, okay, what, what is it that they're, that people, I, people are thinking they're doing correctly? Like, especially when you look at the, uh, going back to the military side, the divorce rates are insane, right? Um, and yeah. people just think that, that that's fine. I'm just going to get a divorce and move on. It's no big deal. Like, how do, how do we justify that in our brain? Because, I mean, I don't know what I would do in that scenario. Like, I don't know how I could look at my kid's picture and go, my, I'm not there at all to be able to support this. Like, I, I don't know what mental gymnastics I would have to go through to, to make that something that's even a feasible option. Um, and I think that's one reason why, you know, what will help a marriage last is if that isn't a feasible option, right? I mean, there's always scenarios. Don't get me wrong. There's always scenarios, um, yeah. especially, you know, uh, being a Christian biblically, there's, there's, there are scenarios very much so that it's time to divorce. Um, yeah. uh, so, but, you know, just because, I don't know, we fell apart. Okay. okay. That means you didn't do anything to put it together because you don't just fall apart. Like that's a, yeah. it's, you didn't it's try active, very hard. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's active on both sides to be able to, you know, work to get to the point to be ready to be married and then work to stay married. Like it's not just, okay, well, we're married now. Everything should be smooth. Like, no, no, now the fun begins, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. There's got to be something that, uh, uh, do you have any thoughts on what, what kind of, where, what are people's mindset? And hopefully, you know, if, and hopefully we can walk through some of these that maybe people are thinking and, and tear that apart a little bit and help them think differently about it. Yeah, I think, I think, um, I think a lot of people right now are in this like uh, instant gratification uh, wow. journey. Yeah. Um, and I think that people are searching for happiness and they get, uh, they get mixed up between happiness and joy. Oh yeah. Um, and I think that um, they search for that um, in their relationships. And like you said, you know, God is uh, the most important thing in your life. And it's the same for me. And I think that people search for happiness um, in other things besides what is the only source of true happiness. And that's, that's God. They look for it in, you know, uh, uh, an intimate partnership. They look at it uh, in video games. They look at it in pornography. They look at it um, in drugs and alcohol and, and all of these other sources that can never feed true joy. And joy doesn't always mean that, like, you're always smiley, happy faces, unicorns yeah. and rainbows, right? Um, you know, uh, a great book. Um, that uh, that I that I you know go to a lot is uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Victor mm -hmm. Frankl, and one of the things that he talks about um, in trying in finding true meaning is understanding that there's going to be hard times, understanding that there's going to be challenges, but because you understand it, then you are able to push through it and you find meaning in that because you learn lessons from it, you get better mm -hmm. from it, 
um, and you grow stronger through it. Um, and especially if you can do it with other people and if it's a project that you're passionate about and you wake up every day wanting to go tackle. Like he did that in a concentration camp. Yeah. Like if he can do it, I, I think, you know, yeah. those who have a fight with our, our spouse um, could probably get through it too. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, the, f- the fights are going to happen. The hard times are going to happen, but you can't, as cliche as it sounds, you can't truly enjoy the good times unless you know what it's like to have a bad time, right? So you have to be able to go through those. And, you know, it's just on the other side of those is where you really are going to find that that joy. Like you make it through it, you realize where it's at, you get the right mental attitude. And we got to teach this to our kids too. And that's a, boy, a whole other beast in and of itself. Well, yeah. But, you know, and uh, it, it's going to be very hard to teach it to your kids if you're not acting it, you know, and you're not, you know, showing it. Right. And, and you know, again, like, this this yeah. cell phone in front of your face and you know it's going to even be more of a challenge for our children uh with mm-hmm. you know, who whoever who knows what's going to happen you know 10 20 30 years from now but you know social media is incredibly prevalent and people think that all their friends are on social media and this just crazy you know technology boom you know like i'm sure there's going to be uh you know all this ai stuff and um you know who who knows what it's going to be like but um, you have to get back to the basics of, of true, like building true relationships, mm-hmm. um, in person, right? Like, uh, yeah, so there's, there's definitely some challenges ahead with, uh, parents now trying to enforce that and, 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 and teach that and practice it, uh, because our kids are sponges, man. They're going to, they're going to do mm-hmm. and see and say whatever we're doing. And so like, if you're always, um, you know, on your phone, on your computer, uh, not being present, then um, they're going to do the same. For sure. They're going to notice it. But yeah. I want to compliment you on the fact that you you took a minute to realize like, okay, I, I did not understand, you know, you, you said it was just a couple, within the last few years that you really kind of looked back and realized what you were kind of missing and started to, to try to make those changes. First off, too many people don't look back and realize what what feelings they have towards or what reasons they believe certain things or have, you know, understand certain things to be able to change how they're thinking moving forward. Um, so well done on your part to be able to say, okay, well, I, I saw that. I see that. I don't want that to be me. Right. Cause somebody has got to break a chain. You know, it's, it's that, that, um, you know, there's a, uh, you know, there's a, a picture drawing of, of the way it kind of is. It's like a child getting hit by the dad. Um, then the, the, the child growing up to be a dad, then screaming and yelling at that child that then turns into a dad that screams and yells at that child. It's just like this, this, but somebody has to come in and break that, that pattern. Um, you know, like you went in and broke a pattern to say, okay, well, no, I, I need to be a present father. I need to be there for the, not only just the baseball games, but they're emotionally and open to be able to have these conversations and, you know, um, represent what it is to be a, a good father figure to my kids. Um, and without that that awareness, it makes it very difficult to be the dad that your kids actually need. You need to have some sort of awareness there on what's going on. Um, the talk me through kind of like what that awareness did, and what like was there a distinction, a large distinction between how you were interacting with your kids before that and how you were after, or do you think you just now had a um, an understanding of why you do the things you do with your kids already? Like, can you walk me through that? Yeah, man. Um, I kind of hit on a little bit already. This uh, you know, transitioning from from active duty Navy to mm-hmm. really just entrepreneur, like no, um, you know, had zero um, desire to go. You know, do a, another W two 
um, job. We had created real estate businesses for ourselves, and um, and uh, you know I, I was you know doing it for the family, and I think that's mm-hmm. a, a, a common phrase, especially in in the real estate investing world. You know, we're doing it for the family, but but I was I was uh, so focused on you know doing it for the family that i wasn't even present for the family yeah. um and you know we had we had been in some uh mastermind groups uh we were uh and i when, when i say we uh david gutierrez he's my business partner we were college roommates and we we've done basically all of our businesses together we were masterminds together and we got coaching together and that one exercise that one exercise it was it was during the transition out um that one exercise of of that a coach led us through of just looking at your life and reflecting on you know what you're currently doing you know it's just like a google maps look at look at where you are right now and look at where you want to go and whatever you're doing right now is that going to get you there right? mm-hmm. um and i did that you know it, just, it was a it was a exercise of just complete reflection and meditation and and what i saw i didn't like um, did I want to interrupt for a second? Did, yeah, please. Was it? Did you not like? So I want to. I want to try to bring it to that pivot point of thinking about you know the um, your you know the separation from your father um, when when there was a divorce and not really having that. Like, was that all part of that thought process? Like, was it like, oh, I I see myself becoming that that level of a father figure or or was that not really in that calculus what like looking at your dad in that situation yeah that's it's good man so you know i i knew that i never wanted um to you know to leave my family i never wanted to Mm -hmm. go through a divorce i I knew that you know way ahead of time because i I knew like what my experience was um as as a child um and i didn't ever want that for my kids and so i knew from day one of getting married like through thick or thin, like we're going to make it work. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I knew that, but, um, what I thought, you know, going through this, this reflection, what I thought I was doing was going to be good for the family. Um, but, you know, considering my own reflections and my own time, not having a, a father figure, not having a dad, not having time, um, I wasn't, I knew I wasn't giving that exact same thing that I was wanting in my life. I want, mm-hmm. I wanted time with my dad. Like I don't, I could have care, cared less, like what toys, what vacations, what fancy house, what, you know, materialistic things. Like I wanted time with my dad and time equals love. And I didn't have that. And, you know, I was so focused on creating these businesses and wealth and income that I lost focus on just providing time for my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of all a part of it. Um, I realized that, you know, I wasn't giving any time to my kids because I was waking up at 4 a.m. while I was still active duty native and going 4 a.m. to, you know, 6.30 a.m. working on real estate, then going to my Navy job from 7 you know a.m. to 4 p.m., 5 p.m. at night, and then coming home, saying hi, eating some dinner, and then going right back to getting on phone calls, answering yeah. emails, doing social media, whatever. So like I was giving them zero time, maybe like an hour at dinner. Um, and it wasn't, and it was like, I was physically there, but I wasn't presently there. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, emotionally there. And that was the same thing, you know, in a different aspect that I received when I was a kid. So I didn't want to do that. And so like I had to, you know, I had to make a lot of changes pretty quickly. Uh, once I kind of had that aha moment of like, kind of, you know, 
look at my life and like ask myself, what am I doing? What's like, what's this all for? Right. What's, yeah. what's creating business and wealth and income and all this, you know, like my kids don't care about that. Mm-hmm. They just want me present, man. Um, so one of my yeah, we, we changed a lot of things sorry. in our business, um, and changed a lot of things on my calendar and, uh, you know, so made some, made some big changes. One of my wife's old um, partners, uh, John Nelson, he was, uh, he used to always say, uh, don't run out of uh, family before you run out of career, mm-hmm. right? And too many people, you know, that was a very military focused thing there, but the same thing with our business stuff, you know, it can, it, it doesn't matter whether you're prior military or not, the business side can still take that over just like we've already kind of said. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I know plenty of, and I'm sure you do too, plenty of, of um, couples that... It, they're still married. They still live in the same house, but they're basically divorced. I mean, there's not, I mean, yeah, uh, roommates. They, they don't, yeah, they're roommates. They don't, uh, they, they don't date each other ever. They don't, they have an intimate relationship. They're not connected and their kids are the ones who are still suffering through it. You know, like adults, we can handle, you know, a lot of, you know, boring, regular old, you know, maintenance type relationships, but a child needs a, that mother and father to be, be present and be that good example and show that stuff. So, um, you know, it's it's one of the, I, I don't remember I was listening to some, I might have even been that book yesterday where, you know, I, I would like to implement like an hour or two a night maybe where like iPads, cell phones, everything goes into a goes into a container. It's gone. Like it's just us, whether it's board games, whether it's whatever. And maybe I just start with, you know, two hours a week. I don't know, like and, and kind of build up to it because that might be, you know, uh, me having withdrawals. It's not going to be the kids. They're almost never on their iPad. Uh, they've got one iPad between the two of them and it's a rarity to be on it. Um, yeah. So I'd be the one with the withdrawals, but, uh, you know, like it, just getting up in the morning, I'm already, what, uh, what email did I miss last night? What's, go, what's <laughs> yeah. going on? You know, like it's just, it's killers, but um, yeah, having that present moment needs to happen. Yeah, dude, for sure, man. Um, we've we've been uh, pretty intentional about that. Um, kind of av- after kind of going through that aha moment of of uh, reflection, you know, we uh, I try to. Um, I think it was in another book or podcast I listened to. Um, uh, it's a book. I'm blanking on it now, but I'll, I'll, it'll come to me. But it talks about um, you know creating uh, basically digital minimal, minimalism and um, you know doing an hour of, of no you know, devices uh, a day, uh, a day, a week and a week a year. And so that, mm. that can become a goal of ours. So like for me, same thing, like dinner time, everything goes away. Like, yeah. you know, phones, iPads, computers, none of that stuff comes to the table. And we intentionally sit down for dinner as a family and spend an hour of, of talking and, and hanging out and, you know, not being in front of a phone. Yeah. Uh, we started doing Sabbaths on the weekends. Nice. Um, sun- Sundays, you know, become our Sabbath day. Uh, same thing. It's 24 hour digital detox. Like we're not on computers. We're not on phones. We're not on TVs. Uh, we're reading books. We're hanging out. We're going and doing hikes, you know, out in Colorado. We're, we're going and doing, you know, just, just hanging and enjoying what God provided for us. Uh, and then, uh, I haven't done it this year, but, uh, it's coming up in July. We, we'd go, uh, and, and I'm going to plan on doing a, a week of, again, like just a digital detox, no, nice. no work, no computers, no phones, no nothing. Um, and just shut it down. And, um, what I've found is, man, it's just like an amazing reset, even just that hour of not even being on it. And, mm-hmm. and what, it, what I think it's doing, um, is, um, it's modeling what, what success looks like for our kids. You know, again, like if my kids just see me on my phone all day long, um, 
they're going to do the same thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's good to do that kind of stuff, um, to be present as, as a dad, um, without the phone and the or computer in front of your face. Yeah. So there's a guy I listen to, Dave Rubin, that, um, he, uh, every month or every year he spends a month off offline, like doesn't, like no computer, no nothing. He's got one cell phone that is like a burner cell phone that people have just in case there's an emergency, like they can call him. But um, I couldn't imagine doing a month, but you mentioned doing a week. Is this, how many years have you done that? Or how many times have you done that one week detox and kind of walk me through what yeah. that actually looks like? I haven't, I haven't done the week yet. shocking to me? Okay, so this is going to be the first one. This is going to be the first one. Oh, yeah, this is going to be the first yeah. one. Yeah, we're doing it. In, uh, let's, let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, so we're going to, uh, we're going to Mexico, uh, end of July and, um, you know, I, I'll probably bring the computer, but, but it's going to stay in my backpack. Um, you know, um, and, uh, the phone basically just plans on being on silent mode. Um, and you know, only a few people are going to, um, have access to really calling like my mom, my mm-hmm. dad. And my wife's going to be with me. So really just my mom and my dad, um, you know, I'll look at it probably once, once a day just to see if either of those two people have, have called or, um, texted. And besides that, man, just it's, it's shutdown mode. Uh, we're just going to be, you know, be on the beach and going on adventures with, uh, with the family. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I, I, uh, I would love to challenge myself to do something like that. It's, uh, yeah, that's a tough Should. one to to think through. Just, well, but and, and, you know, you got to put you definitely got to put some systems in place. You know, you yeah, got to put, sure. you know, you got to make sure that the right people know. You know, if mm-hmm. you own property, you know, you know, property management needs to know. Your business partners need to know. Your family, other family members need to know. Um, but I mean, it's a week. Like, yeah. e- even you know, I don't I don't know what the worst case scenario is for your business, but like, I mean we had a house burned down. We had a, we had a rental property burned down. We didn't even know about it for like a week and a half uh, after, after, um, and you know, same thing is going to happen on day one of knowing there's a fire versus mm-hmm. a week after there being a fire. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, depending on your business partners and your, your family, you can probably go a week without responding. Yeah. And that's, that's back to that. Like, we are so used to immediate gratification. Like if I'm sending a text, I want to text back immediately. If I send an yeah. email, I want to, and, and I feel the same way. Like I need to get back to that person. Mm-hmm. You, you don't <laughs> I mean, you, think about our parents. Like they didn't have all this technology Yeah, and they got along when their business is just fine. Yeah. Even when we grew up, we didn't have this technology, right? I mean, we're yeah. still, uh, still calling the movie theater and pressing one to hear what, uh, what, <laughs> what, uh, movies are going to be playing that night, you know, right. on a phone that's attached to the wall. So, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's uh, as you're talking, the more I'm like, man, that totally is is feasible. It's just a, you know, again, having the systems in place to be able to do it and and show your family that it, that that's what they mean to you is is you you can do this. And you know, like, yeah. what example am I setting if I'm again putting the phone in front of them? You know, um, yeah. and and setting expectations for others too. I, there's another guy. He's a realtor actually here in Colorado, um, and. Uh, he has on his email, uh, like his email signature line basically says, I check email and respond once a day at 4 PM mountain time. If you don't hear from me within those hours, wait until the next day. Wait until the next day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, 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 in kinder, you know, better words, yeah. but, um, but essentially like, Hey man, 
I have a window where I'm going to check email and you're not going to hear from me until I, until I do that. So mm. just setting that expectation, right? Like you can do an out of office reply. You can leave a, a message on your voicemail that says, Hey, I'm on vacation. I'll get back to you next week. Like, you know, I think if you just set those expectations and, um, ensure your systems and processes are in place, I think, uh, your family will thank you. I promise you. Like they are, yeah. there was another, um, uh, social post or something that uh i saw i ended up resending it out on, on mine that um there's it was like basically a circle chart and it said people that will thank you for staying late at work and it was like 99 percent not no it was what was it it was people that will remember you for staying mm-hmm. late at work and 99 percent had family and then the other one percent was everybody else yeah like your co-workers and everything yeah 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 i could totally see that yeah yeah and that, i mean because i i think through it and i go okay well well how did i again to get to go and remap it like what is it that why does my brain think that it's nearly impossible to put the phone and computer down for a week right well i also have been bred since i joined the military that you know i mean we used to have three rings standby right you were like if you didn't answer within three rings you were in trouble Right. So if you're yeah. on free rank standby, you know, then you got to go, you know, report in to, to your commander's office type of thing. Right. Because I didn't answer my phone within three ranks. Um, and it, and that even if you're on leave, if you're one of the folks who are on three rank standby, it doesn't matter. You're on leave. It doesn't, like if you're on three rank standby, you're there like it, 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 you're you're going in. Um, yeah. You know, and, and that's kind of been bred into me for the last, you know, 20 plus years. Like, this is what you do. This is how it goes. This is, you know, you don't have a choice like this. It's great. Boy, that's a, um, and what a mental breakdown I have to do there to try to get, get over that. Right. Cause there's nobody, there is nobody in my life. I'm on three ring standby for other than I'm not even my, not even my wife. She's not expecting me to answer within three ranks. Right. So I, I like breaking that barrier in my brain is, a. Uh, is something else. I just assume that everything I do now is, is the same thing as it was in the, in the military and the idiot. No, it's not. <laughs> but you know, it's the same, like we do the same thing from when we're kids. Like what, what do we see our parents do? Well, that's what we do, what we do until we start breaking it down. You know, I, I, I've mentioned it a bunch of times on the, on the podcast, but like I was paycheck to paycheck back when I was an enlisted guy. Um, it, it didn't change until like I was in college and I got married to my wife when I was in college. Um, after I got out and I, she had this magical thing called a savings account. And I said, the What's world that? do you have that for? Like, this doesn't make any sense to me at all. And, uh, um, but looking back on it, I mean, that's just, that's what I always saw when I grew up. That's what I saw. Um, all of my other former Alyssa folks do like, that's just, that's what we did, you know? And, um, uh, so until you break that down and try to realize, okay, why am I doing what I'm doing? And is there a better way to do this? You know, that should be a constant refresh. Like that should be part of your, your monthly and quarterly, you know, planning session is, okay, what am I doing now? Is it still working? Why am I doing it? And should I still be doing it? Um, my wife tells a story, um, uh, that she was told by her, her grandma or something that, you know, uh, the, this, this woman was, was cutting or setting, making a ham for Christmas. She cuts the two ends of the ham off, puts it in the pan, throws it in. And the husband's like, why do you always cut the two ends of the pan off, or the ham off? I don't, I don't understand. She's like, I don't know. That's what my mom always did. So I, you know, let me call her up. So calls up mom. I don't know. That's what my mom always did. So they call up grandma and grandma's like, oh, because the ham was always too big to fit in the pan. So I just cut the two ends and like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So all these years, you just been cutting the ends of the ham off because it didn't fit in the pan 40 years ago, but we have a new pan. If it's in the pan, don't do it. You know? So reassessing yeah. what we're doing on a regular basis should be a, a continual thing. Um, 
but well and uh, and uh you know that uh, th- to the book uh, ruthless elimination of hurry he, he talks about like giving yourself enough margin um you know and he talks about practicing the way of jesus mm-hmm. um and one of those things is silence and solitude yeah uh, and simplicity is another one like you have to give yourself enough time and space to actually like reflect and have silence and you know some margin in your life to allow for even that reflection time to take place right if you're just on from wake up immediately on your phone immediately on emails immediately doing business immediately going and running kids immediately doing you know whatever instant gratification now 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 always responding to texts always responding to social medias and and, yeah. and messages and whatever else dude like you're never going to have the space you're never going to have the margin to even reflect on that stuff and okay. and then like if everyone else around you is doing the exact same thing, like you're never going to have a chance, man. Yeah. You're never going to have a chance. So like you got to, um, give yourself some time and margin and create that for yourself. Uh, and you also need to surround yourself with other men, other people that are doing that as well. And, Mm -hmm. you know, supporting you, lifting you up, giving you ideas, thoughts, advice, picking you up when you fall down, like, um, you know, being in community and relationships with people that, uh, can, you know, do that with you is always uh, good as well. Yeah. Because again, you are the five people you hang around with, hang around most, right? So if you're around folks who are hard chargers, always answering those text messages, always doing those things. And I say hard chargers, like, and that's probably even the wrong word because I'm, I'm now well, yeah, and that's, glorifying that's a bad that thing. particular yeah. thing. It's not, it's not a bad yeah. thing to be a hard charger. Um, uh, it's just, you, you got to know when to kind of settle down. Cause I was listening to that book and it, you know, it was like, Hey, here's a couple steps for you to think like, are you a person who's, you know, addicted to, to that hurry. Like, are you always looking at which lane has at the stoplight has the least amount of cars in it? Are yeah. you always looking at which, which grocery line has the least amount of people in it? Um, are you, you know, how much, how fast can I go and get away with it before the cops can get me that type of thing. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking through all these things going of course, that every bit of that is me. And I'm also listening to this book at literally three X speed. So I'm like listening to the book at three X speed while thinking through all these things that how, I'm always trying to like, get what? through this book. Golly, yeah, yeah, like, and, 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 you know, I started thinking about it yesterday as I was listening to that, like, okay, well, I have made it through a bunch of books and I, I tend to, I talk really fast anyways. My brain thinks really fast through those things. So I feel as though I'm doing a, a fine job, you know, understanding what I'm listening to and, and, you know, able to regurgitate it or able to at least comprehend what's going on. But what would happen if I just sat there and listened to a book at one time speed and just actually listen to it and absorb what's actually happening and enjoy what the author has for me and maybe pause it and think about it for a little bit. None of that is something I'll do like almost (laughs) ever, like ever. And, and you should try it, dude. You should, you should try it. uh, Okay. Let's not challenge me to do things that I'm not sure I'm capable of doing right now. (laughs) So it's it's funny. You should. It's funny you say that. Um, there's, you know, the driving the speed limit. So, uh, we, we run a men's mastermind group called the kinetic man mastermind. And, um, you know, we talk about this stuff in, in our, in our mastermind group. Uh, and we do a challenge every single week, you know, ranging from all over. And, and one of the challenges that I threw out for one of the weeks was drive the speed limit all week long. Don't go a mile over the speed limit. And dude, you should have seen the like responses from this group of like high achieving, um, you know, entrepreneurs, serial entrepreneurs, uh, you know, all successful and, and, you know, the, the ex- external viewpoint, uh, they were like, drive the speed limit. 
what? It was like the hardest thing that I could uh-huh. challenge them to do was to drive the speed limit. Like people were like, you're crazy. I'll get run over. You know, everyone's <laughs> driving 10 miles over. Like it was, it was so funny to, to just see those responses. And yeah, it's hard. Like I, I did it for a week and you have to really intentionally drive the speed limit. <laughs> yeah. I've tried to even intentionally like standing in those lines because I don't remember what book I was reading before uh, because again I was at three x speed I don't need to remember the title, um, so but I was standing in line at a grocery store because and and trying to not have my phone in my hand while standing in line right not trying to respond to an email or listen to something because I'll almost always have my headphones in if I'm by myself if I don't have my wife and kids if I'm walking through a grocery store if I'm walking through anywhere the headphones are in I'm listening to a book I'm listening to a YouTube channel I'm listening to something business I'm listening to something real estate I'm yeah. you know, responding to people's messages I'm doing something um, as I'm walking around um, where it was like okay don't do that leave your phone in your pocket try to have a conversation with the person in front of you which was nearly impossible because the person in front of you is almost always on their phone too right yeah. so it's like well now I'm like this weird awkward guy like trying to talk to the person in front of me um, which is not a weird awkward thing to do I'm just communicating with people around me but it's so odd now you know to to actually see that like uh, and I, I should challenge myself to do that again because like I am constantly feeding myself with that phone um yeah and boy it hurts to even say it out loud honestly it uh but it's constant well, and you know i i was i was that same guy man and, and and you know i'm not perfect by any means I and i still i still go through it but um you know you have to you have to force yourself to intentionally think about what's the most important thing and and then put like barriers in place and and you know, uh, I'm sure you've read the book Atomic Habits. Like he mm-hmm. talks about, like putting things in place that will either stop you from doing a bad habit or remind you to do a good habit. Well, one of the things that I did, is, I mean, I I took social media off of my phone. I took all mm-hmm. the apps. I deleted all the apps off of my phone. They haven't been on my phone in probably a year now. And so, I can't go to my phone and be swiping, um, you know through through social media posts uh, when I am sitting in the, the grocery store line yeah. or I'm, when I'm sitting, you know, watching my kid, my daughter's gymnastics class or my kid's jujitsu class. And like, I have to be present because there's nothing else to do, right? Like, like I'm going to put my phone away and I'm actually watch my kids because here's what's in- interesting too is my kids look up to see if mm-hmm. I'm watching, right? And other kids look up to see if their parents are watching and most of the other parents are head down in their phone the entire yeah. class, right? So how do you think that comes off from a kid's perspective? Like when you looked up to see if your dad's watching and all they're doing is have the f- cell phone in front of your face. Yeah. And and That's, as you are you as the dad, not you because you're 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 saying this, but are you the listener as the dad who is doing that, telling yourself, well, at least I'm there. At least I'm there. Right? Yeah. Because again, it goes back to that like okay, yeah, you, <laughs> We know plenty of couples who are married that they're just roommates, right? Like, okay, are are you just a taxi driver then, right? Or are you right. a supportive dad that's trying to be there? And I catch myself again, not not perfect at all. Um, so there's a my my son's in an Under Armour uh, golf league, right? So and it's it's tournaments every every weekend type of thing. So we go and um, I'm his caddy. So I've got a little caddy bib and everything. Nice. He's got his name on the back. It's really cool. Yeah, uh, but awesome. you're out there for four hours with him. Yeah. And yeah. four hours on a golf course 
is uh, it's difficult to not pull my phone out. So every time I pull my phone out and I look at it, whether I receive a message or I'm checking an email or whatever, like I'm supposed to be a caddy for my son. And like, and now here I am staring at my phone instead of walking around with him. Um, and then I, I try to remind myself, okay, to, what do these dads think of me? What do these other kids think of me? What does my son think of me for yanking out my phone all the time while we're doing this? Right. Um, and it's a, it's a constant reminder for me, like be present with your son. Like it's four hours on a Saturday morning. You're fine. Go and be present with your son. Go enjoy that time. Um, yeah. so he'll remember it for sure. He'll remember it. Um, yeah. but I really Either enjoy way. doing that though. Either way, he'll remember it positively oh, yeah. or negatively, right? Yeah. He's going to remember it negatively if you're on your phone all day long. Yeah. But he'll remember it positively if, if you're present and you're there. There's a. Um, have you read uh, the book, The Family Board Meeting? Yes. That was yes. a pretty impactful book for me, too. Um, we started implementing you know, quarterly family board meetings with our, with our two kids. And um, that's that same idea. It's four mm-hmm. hours, right? You schedule it once a quarter. You do a, basically a date a date with your kid one-on-one no no devices no phones um only way only reason you can have a phone is just to take a picture for a memory uh but you ask your kid what they want to do for four hours and include include a meal on that and Mm -hmm. you just be present man you go and have fun and do whatever your kid wants to do you go have a meal and you talk and you ask questions and you know as i'm doing that with my eight-year-old my five-year-old you know the questions and the conversations are pretty simple Mm-hmm. But just think if, if I'm doing that every single quarter, yeah. how much you know trust are they going to put in me and having those deep conversations when it gets to 14, 15, 16, yeah. 17, 18, sure. those conversations matter a whole lot more. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just once I, a quarter for four hours. I put it in like my you, calendar and I failed miserably at doing it. Miserably. Because <laughs> like yeah. you said, that's once a quarter, right? It's not that difficult. Um, yeah. But I failed miserably at accomplishing the task. And I, I need to go back and listen to the book again, just because, and that one, the subtitle talks about uh, 18 summers, right? Isn't yeah, that 18 the, summers. The right? So, I mean, you yeah. only have 18 summers with your kids, you know, my, my kids started school early, so I only have 17 summers with my oldest, right? Um, yeah. And it's like a, a constant reminder. And it's one of the reasons I've actually thought about doing, I, I'm, I'm probably this close to actually doing uh, uh, homeschool. Because um, mm. I want to spend a little bit more quality time with them and, you know, uh, my my oldest was in kindergarten when when COVID kicked off. Um, so when I told him about homeschool, like I was thinking about doing homeschool now, it's like just imagine, you know, like Daddy loves to travel, and I could take you guys with me if we do homeschool. Like while yeah. on the trips that I do, whether a business trip, whether a personal trip, whatever, I, I could take you guys with me. Um, and the money I save because they both go to private school, the money I save could go towards those trips that you go with me yeah, and right. extra trips and all the stuff, right? So. Um, uh, but he remembers the COVID of watching videos and he was like, daddy, I like, if I do homeschool, am I going to like have to watch all these videos again for school? Cause that's what we had to do at the beginning. They gave us all of these recorded videos to be able to watch all the stuff. And he's staring at a computer screen for four or five hours a day I, I kind- in kindergarten, um, yeah. for four hours a day. I'm, like I'm trying to train my kid not to be obsessed with screens and you're forcing me to put him in front of screens. Right. And yeah, I was right. like, no buddy. Was, uh, he's like, well, who'd be my teacher? I said, I'd be your teacher. Like I'd be your teacher every morning. He's like, Oh, I could totally do that, Daddy. Yeah, that I could do that. You could be my teacher, you know. So, like, what a different world. Like, he was like, I was, yes, that's more time with my dad, you know. And I, I could, yeah, Dad. Um, it scares the heck out of me because I'm thinking to myself, well, oh, me be a teacher. Like, <laughs> I'm already smoked, right? But again, what a blessing. I'm in a position where I can, and yeah. I'd love to be able to bring my kids around everywhere I go. Like, 
um, and be able to impact everything that they think about, right? I could add business classes to their to their uh, school structure. Like um, Sky Zone could become gym class, right? It doesn't have to be like going to the golf course could become gym class. Yeah, take the boys out golfing and like what a what a life changing experience. I think that that would be. So I'm this close to pulling the trigger. I've got a meeting on Wednesday with somebody to kind of go over some stuff, but nice. Um, yeah, I want that time with the family. I want that impact. I want to be able to lead my family well. Um, and know that like they're the priority. It doesn't matter again how successful I am, how many more businesses I run, how many more properties I buy. It doesn't matter any of that stuff if I don't have a relationship with my family. So That's right. Uh, 100%, but, man. I also I also fear that uh being the homeschool teacher will ruin my relationship with my family. <laughs> so uh, cuz like I struggle with homework. So I'm like, boy, if I have a hard time with homework, like how am I going to do the whole all of the schoolwork? This is going to be an interesting time, right? So Yeah. Um, well, you know, maybe there's um maybe there's a combination that you could, you know, you could do. I know there there are different types of schools and stuff out there where mm-hmm. you, know, you can do it a couple times a week or there, and there's co-ops where you can kind of yeah. um, do it as a group or um, you know have somebody else teach. I'm sure there's some creative ways that you can do it as well where it's just not all on you. Yeah. And that's what I thought about doing is uh, finding, a, you know, one of the guys I, I interviewed or talked to was um, saying that they, they hired a, excuse me, a retired teacher um uh, who just wanted to kind of have something else to do? They paid they paid her twenty bucks an hour to uh, basically come over and be the teacher. Like so, they, she'd come to the house and be the teacher, and it was uh, roughly the same cost as you know going to a private school, anyways. You know, so right. um, uh, you know, three hours a day, a, a tutor would come over, twenty bucks an hour, and just lead lead the the instruction. And to me, that I mean, that's a solid option um, uh, to be able to just okay, hey, let's let me let me be a part of this one let me you know i i love math so let me let me teach math let me do that part and let the teacher do the do the part that i'm not so good at i'll do math and science you do english and reading i'm not that's not not my like not my strong suit i listen to books at 3x i don't read books at 3x so yeah. <laughs> well uh, even and even, even if you don't like even if you don't let's say you choose not to do the homeschooling route um you know, as a as a dad uh you know, we can still be really intentional about putting the time in to be the teacher, you know, to be mm-hmm. the role model, to be the one that's that's leading your family through uh, making sure they know, like, you know, values and yeah. um, teaching them the stuff that they're not going to get in school. Because there's a lot of stuff that you want to make sure that they know and learn that they don't get in school. For sure. Um, I, I read uh, The Intentional Father. Have you read that book uh, mm, by John Tyson? Um, he, he takes his kid, he talks about kid, taking his kid through a journey, um, starting basically a journey from boyhood to manhood. You know, how many, how many, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know. Do, do you know, like when you officially became a man or not? Nope. Like, what, what day, what age, like, did you become a man? Like the uh, American society doesn't have that. Right. And yeah. there's a lot of other cultures, a lot of other societies that do. So he talks about like taking your son, um, through a, a journey to become a man. And there's like a day in time where like he becomes a, from a boy to a man. And it's like a five-year journey he starts at age 13. And he talks about that through his book. And it was a daily thing, man. Like he would, he would get up early in the morning and he would go through Bible verses and he would talk about values and he would talk about lessons learned and like all of these things that they're not going to learn in school. And like weekends, they would go do trips and they would go do, you know, hard hikes and, you know, go, you know, do just, they would, he would teach, 
teach him all the things that he wants his son to know and learn to when that day comes. And they have like a ritual. Like he, he talks about like they went to some lake and he runs out into the water um, and he comes back and they do like a, almost like a night dubbing ceremony where like he becomes a man because mm-hmm. he, you know, passed the test of all of all these like hard things that he did for the last five years. It's a really cool idea and a really cool thought. And, you know, my kid's not there yet, but no. when he is, I, I plan on kind of doing something similar to that. Um, and, you know, it's just being intentional, man. It's just, you know, as a dad, you know, we, you get, you get so busy with life and running businesses and, mm-hmm. but you have to be intentional with that. And you have to balance that in. Um, I had an so image I, of like an Eagle Scout, as you were saying that, right? Like yeah. you're going through all the stuff as a Boy Scout and you're, all the Eagle Scouts I know, they remember when they became an Eagle Scout, right? Because that was yeah. a, it was a journey that they went down. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I appreciate that, that thought process. I'll have to, I'll, I'll try to listen to that one on one X instead of three X and there see, you go. What, see what I can do. I like but, it, man. You said, how old's your boy? He, you said he was eight and a half. Eight. Yeah, eight and yeah. a half. Yep, yeah. eight and a half. You gotta get the half. In yes, there. the half. I forgot it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so you have, you have some time too, but yeah, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to start now with boyhood to manhood. You know, and you know, we started trying to do like family meetings. We have a mm-hmm. once a week family meeting on Sundays um, where uh, you know we we talk about um, a value. You know, we talk about uh, honesty or love or like whatever the value is, and we we hit on it for a week at a time. Right, we go for for a month at a time, and we talk about you know examples of how how'd you show love this week, mm-hmm. and we talk about it with the family, and then uh, we we vote on who gets like the the love uh, award for for the week. And my wife makes a little, she makes it like a little love like she just takes a piece of paper and like mm-hmm. draws a heart on it and says love and it's the award for the week right and they awesome. get like a, a a sucker or something like that or an ice cream or something but like we all vote on who gets the love award for the week and so like just something like that right it's it's an, yeah. an hour on a sunday where you have a family meeting and you're just talking about a value um and you know just being intentional about you know, be, again being present man being a present yeah. dad i like that a lot um, speaking of being intentional and being present and everything, so what are your thoughts on um, including the kids in business? Um, you know, what, do you do you already include them in stuff, or do you want to include them in more stuff later? How do how do you kind of have you worked through that thought process with including them in the business? Yeah, I hundred percent um, love the idea of including them in business. Uh, we we do it ourselves. Um, my my kids are both private money lenders uh, to the bank of dad. Um, and, uh, we, we actually have, uh, you know, promissory notes, uh, for nice. each of my kids. Um, they get, uh, <laughs> this is only offered to my two kids and only to probably maybe age <laughs> nine or 10, but they get a hundred percent interest, annualized nice. interest on their money. Uh, so my daughter started doing private lending to the bank of dad about two years ago. Um, and she's, she's already like, I mean, I think she's going to get a check for like 500 bucks this, this year uh, because it's like a hundred percent interest. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's, it's teaching them how to make money with their money, you know, Mm -hmm. put their money to work. And so, yeah, we talk about that stuff. Like they know I'm a real estate investor. They know that, you know, we own rental properties. Uh, they, 
they're on, they're in the car and they're listening to my conversations when I'm raising capital for, for a deal or um, talking to the property manager about something the bad that happened. I show them pictures of our houses and the rehabs. And, um, you know, most of the, how, most of the properties that we own are out of state. Uh, we do own some stuff in, in Colorado. Um, so they'll come every now and then and, and look at it. But, um, but yeah, man, I, I think, um, they should be listening. Uh, they should be involved. Um, if you can teach them about money and finances and create, you know, financially literate children, um, the earlier, the better. Nice. Yeah, completely agree there, um, especially on the financial yeah. side of the house. But um, do yeah. you have anything set up like, um, uh, so they invest with the Bank of Dad, but do they, um, are are they getting paid at all through any of your companies? Like, so I know that you can get like IRAs and stuff like that set up for your kids if they're doing work inside of the stuff, you know. Um, yep. uh, so do you do you have some of that type of stuff set up? Yep, sure do. Yep. So they are both um, employees of of my company. Nice. Um, and uh, you know, I do a, a lot of uh, I, I use them a lot on uh, you know advertising, marketing, mm-hmm. social media posts. You know, they're in they're in videos, and uh, you know, so I I pay them uh, essentially as marketing advertising consultants. Um, and you know. This is 100% legal. I, I'm not a, a CPA or a lawyer by any means, but you know, I've I've ran all of this through my mm-hmm. CPA and my lawyer, and, and they're all I'm all on the up and up. But um, but you know, as an eight year old and a five year old, um, yeah, they're employees of mine, um, and uh, you know, I I will give them work uh, age appropriate uh, for them to work in my business. You know, sometimes if we're we don't do much of it anymore, but you know, when we were doing like direct mail, they would they would put the stamps on, or they would mm-hmm. you know right addresses or, um, you know, whatever age appropriate work you can put them in. Yeah. So they, we pay them, um, let's see, we pay them about $5,500 a year. Uh, what do you know? Um, and put it right into an IRA. Is, that's a, that's a good, yeah. the exact amount that we can put right into an IRA. So yeah. yeah, so both of my kids have Roth IRAs. Um, and, uh, they started those a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, so we just, we put, uh, the earned income into their Roth IRA every year. And then also we, um, we, we opened up uh, whole life insurance policies for them. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I have one of myself, my wife has one, uh, and we use the cash value portion of that to, to, you know, do private lending, to invest mm-hmm. in real estate. Um, and we opened up, uh, accounts for them too. So, you know, both of them, uh, have a death benefit of like, you know, a couple million. Uh, and you know, so again, we take that earned income that they, we pay them and we put some of that into their, um, you know, monthly into their uh, life insurance policy. That's awesome. Um, so their kids, you know, and the, and the plan and the idea is that once they're old enough to understand it, we're going to teach them what a whole life policy is, mm-hmm. what, what you can do, what, what's the positives and benefits of it and how you use that um, to pay for things, to invest with it. And, um, and then, you know, they're going to learn and then they're going to take it over at some point and then they will do the same thing for their kids. And, yeah. you know, my grandkids, which aren't even existing yet, they're they're already set up, you know, to be millionaires whenever for sure their parents go. So yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah, it's just yeah, and kind of creating that legacy. In the process, you get to deduct that eleven thousand dollars, fifty five hundred for each kids from your business. Yep. Those are business expenses for you guys. So um, it's income for them that they put right into the stuff. I mean, that's a um, a phenomenal setup for sure, and that's uh, 
Um, I have yet, I've, it's out of pure laziness. I, I know that I can do it. I know that I should do it, but I have yet to actually do it with the kids. You know, just them showing up on the podcast, obviously, again, not a lawyer, not a CPA, but including yeah. them in things as far as, you know, advertising. And, you know, we, we brought them up to, uh, up to Atlanta for a property we have up there and, you know, to be able to do some pictures and things like that with the kids. And, um, right yeah. there, you know, that's, that's them, you know, being advertising sales and marketing consultants for us and um right. you know little, little models for us and those are those are valid things to to pay your kids with um, or for yep. I should say so um definitely recommend if you're listening and you do not do that with your kids you should um you know it's way better than an allowance because this is something that's going to last a lot longer than an allowance so um 100%. You know, the allowance is yeah. something different I have a buddy uh a good buddy of mine his name's Marcus Long and and he uh we we tried it for a little bit. Uh, I have not been uh, good at keeping this up, but he um, he he did he did a podcast and a, and a blog about it, uh, where he teaches his kids uh, essentially about passive income, um, and he and he uses uh, home appliances um, mm. as comparing it to like a rental property, and so um, he basically gave the opportunity to his kids uh, to buy an appliance. Um, so it could be a microwave or a blender or a dishwasher or something like that. And he offered kind of a, you know, a low price of like 20 bucks or something like that. And so they, now they own the microwave mm-hmm. and every time the parents use the microwave, they have to rent it. Um, and they have a tracker awesome. on the microwave. And so every time that they use the microwave, uh, they have to pay, you know, a penny to use uh, rent the microwave, um, and so they keep track of it all month long, and then they tally it up at the end, and then uh, they add in insurance and taxes and maintenance and all these things that you would add into you know an expense and a cost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they basically their microwave that they bought for twenty bucks now becomes a, an income generator for them. And they talk and he talks about you know all this stuff. And so like at the end of the month, he, they basically pay rent uh, for the number of times they That's used phenomenal. Uh, the, uh, the microwave. So I really like that uh, was Marcus Long. You said, I'm, sure I that Long, down, right? yeah. I'm gonna look him up. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Dude. Yeah. I've been, uh, I mean, saying it's, it's for a little while. Yeah. It's a lot. Sure. Like, yeah. I would need um, a chart on the appliance that we can mark down and remember. And they would, right. That's a, um, I would always forget, you know, um, but think, but I, think about, I mean, it's such a great lesson, right? Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. 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 I just recently created a chart um, for fitness stuff because that's a it's an important thing in the family. My my oldest really loves it. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm a rather uh, uh, broken individual, so fitness is a little bit of a different uh, different thing for me nowadays than it ever used to be. Uh, yeah. But um, we made a little chart for like uh, uh, how many push ups you could do in a minute, how many sit ups you could do in a minute, how many pull ups you could do, how many burpees you could do in a minute. Like just a few different things that you know we can have like a, a, a tally of. Okay, well you know, what was your previous record? What's your current record? And then, you know, seeing the progress as it goes through. Um, so I'd love to create a little chart like that and put it on the microwave just to say, Hey, you know, you, you, you own this microwave. Like that's really uh that's really a, a cool idea. Um, that, I mean, honestly, I suppose the, the structure would be a little bit of a pain to set up, but in the grand scheme of things, I mean, if it's a, it really isn't going to be that much. I mean, I could print, print a little no. thing over, make it happen, stick it on there, have a little yeah. white, I mean, you know, dry erase marker next to it. Maybe and maybe start. Maybe, I mean, the microwave probably is a bad example. It gets used multiple yeah, times used daily. Lot, yeah. like maybe yeah. maybe maybe go with like a blender or, or uh, <laughs> something that start with an easy one where it's maybe not as not as 
used uh, as often. Yeah, no kidding. Less less tally marks I have to worry about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. My son knowing him, he'd be he'd be trying to negotiate it. Like I don't think I think it should be a dollar per use, Dad. I think that uh a dollar is an acceptable uh response. Like, yeah. No, buddy. Like I don't I don't know if you understand this. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah. But uh yeah, so, so I, I think okay. it's great to have kids kids in the business and teaching that stuff. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I want, I mean, I want them around a lot of the conversations and around, you know, knowing why I'm talking to people. And, um, you know, I, I have oftentimes I put the, put my headphones in if there's a call while I'm in the car, mainly because the boys love to play and fight and, you know, be boys in the back seat. Um, yeah. But if it's just Adam in the car, especially having him hear those conversations and understand what daddy's doing while he's on the phone and whether it's a negotiation, whether it's a broker, whether it's a just a business partner or whatever it is, like being able to hear those and being involved in those conversations. And um, one guy I was talking to, you know, he was like, yeah, and I always ask afterwards, like, what did you think about that conversation? How did you think it went? What do you think that could have done better? What do you think, you know, the other guy's response to this was or whatever it is, um, you know, and being a little bit more intentional about that is something that I would really like to, to start doing as well. Um, uh, yeah, that's I, good, man. Because it, it goes back to, and I've said this, I think a hundred times at this point is, you know, like uh, the things that the things that they're learning are caught, not taught, right? Like, the, mm-hmm. what is it that they're seeing us do that is that is helping them learn something, as opposed to what am I teaching them? What am I telling them? Because um, is what am I showing them is a lot more of an example of what's actually happening. So, yeah, um, we uh, even the, even the words that you use are so important. Mm-hmm. You know, we um, we started saying. Uh, GDHT grazers do hard things uh, nice. around the house, and it's kind of become just a, a saying. And uh, you know, we go we go on hikes a lot um, here in Colorado, and you know, we'll, we'll we'll go on challenging hikes where, like, you know, my five year old has to like climb. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, there's times where like he's a little worried, he's a little like scared, and you know, we push him. You know, we pu- we push him to, and we say grazers do hard things. And uh, a couple weeks ago, he was he was on his scooter and he was riding around in our, in our driveway in our cul-de-sac and he fell and he skinned up his knee. He was trying like a little like jump off of, off of the curb and he fell. Um, and he was, you know, kind of got up and started crying a little bit and then he kind of wiped it off and he's like, I know, I know dad, I'm going to get up and I'm going to get back on and I'm going to go do it again because grazers <laughs> do hard things. I was like, yes, yes! success. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, like, you know, they, they're sponges, man. They, yeah. They're they're just little sponges. And so they they do and they see uh, what you do, and um, so you just have to be intentional with that kind of stuff and, and be conscientious of of what you're saying. And mm-hmm. um, so it's I think there's me. a how do you how do you communicate with your wife about that? Has there been problems at all or issues that you guys have to deal with through? Because like. It, I know at the beginning, before we even had kids, I had to have the conversation with my wife because I'd seen it with with uh, her mom. Like, okay, anytime our kid skins their knee, the response is not, oh my goodness, are you okay? Because a lot of moms want to do that. Dads do that too, don't get me wrong, but that's going to be uh, nine times out of 10, it's going to be a mom response, not a dad response. And I said, We're, we won't be doing that. We won't. Yeah. I won't be training my child to be a victim. It's not going to happen. You're going to yeah. get back up. You're going to get back on the horse, you know. Um, she has done a phenomenal job. She's never really, it's never really been an issue. You know, she's a little overly cautious with some things because that's her job as the caretaker, you know? Uh, But, uh, you know, do you guys have to have specific conversations about things like that? Or, or is it pretty much well known between the two of you guys over the last 15 years that this is just kind of what we do or how does that kind of played itself out? Yeah. We have to have conversations. Um, Hmm. 
I think it, most most moms most you know they're going to be the the nurturer. They're going to be mm-hmm. the one that goes to you know they come to to cry on the shoulder when you're hurt. And I mean, just the other day we were again on a, on a hike. We went on a, a Colorado uh, like six day road trip. We hit all the the national parks in Colorado. And nice. We were on a pretty uh, challenging hike, and there were some spots where they were kind of along the edge. Uh, I mean, not like cliff edge you're gonna fall off and die but like mm-hmm. you know it, it was it, it'd be a decent little fall if, if you if you slipped on on some rocks and like it, it was a constant like be careful be careful be careful be careful from my wife and i was like i kind of turned to her and i was like stop saying be careful <laughs> they're gonna be fine yeah. and like you know just and she's like okay i know i know i know you know uh but yeah it, it, but you know what it's, she it's, heard was quit being a mom yeah <laughs> I can't stop being a mom. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. She knows. I mean, we have conversations. Yeah. She knows. You know, she knows uh, we want to raise kids who have a um, a growth mindset and mm-hmm. we want to challenge them. And, and she's all on board. But, you know, sometimes she has to catch herself being a mom. Oh, yeah. But, and it's just the same thing. I have to catch myself being a little too adventurous from time to time, you know, letting them yeah. do a few too many things, you know. So uh, that's funny. Like, I, we threw my son up on the roof uh, of the house a couple, I don't know, when we first moved in the house, like there was something up on the, on the roof. And I just, we, me and my brother in law threw him up on top of the roof. And he goes running across and go to grab whatever it was. He's like, this is so much fun. Like, let's do this again tomorrow. I was like, yeah, let's. Let's not, you know, like, let's, let's yeah. not, because he's, you know, and, and I mean, they join me when I'm going up, putting up Christmas lights and doing all the stuff. So, um, you know, you'll see. A, did he, you'll did see he go right in? Here. Did he go right in and tell mom that he had just gotten on the he roof? absolutely did. Yes. Yep. Yes, he did. He got off and guess what daddy just did? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah that's exactly uh-huh. what daddy just did. Yes. <laughs> but thankfully, you know, I tell people, my wife rides motorcycles and shoots guns all the time, right? So that's one of those. I'm, I'm a little blessed. She's got a little adventure in her. Uh, nice. It works out really well. Uh, we just had a daughter, so we've got two boys, and then our youngest is a daughter. And it's like, I, if she wants to be a princess, we're totally screwed because neither one of us are going to know what to do. Like, I'm going to be yeah, wanting right. to throw my princess on the roof, and she's going to like, she's. Uh, I, I, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But, um, but you know, like with my oldest, it's one of those that we. I won't the, that your your scooter story reminded me of it. Um, I won't let that type of moment be the last one. Like they have to get back on and ride. They yeah. have to go and face whatever it was. Like Adam was riding his dirt bike once and he um, crashed into a tree. Um, so he was coming down a little hill and he came up and right and right into the tree, um, flew off, hit his shoulder into the tree. I, th- <laughs> I thought he might've like broke a collarbone type of thing. You know, yeah. he, I mean, he shoulder first square into the tree. Um, mm-hmm. And of course he was crying like, Oh, this really hurts. This, you know, dirt bike shut off and I had to, you know, move his handlebars on the dirt bike. I mean, they, anyways, pick it all back up. And he's like, I want to go inside. I said, nobody, we got to do one more lap. He's like, no, I'm not. I said, nobody, we got to do one more lap. This won't be, the last memory. The last memory is going to be yeah. of a solid lap going around doing your thing, you know. Um, and there's a picture I have of him playing on a uh, a toy airplane when he was like now two or three years old, with just blood pouring down his leg, pouring down. It's a blood dripping down his leg. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's he's just playing, having a great time, not a care in the world. It was like he had just fallen off that airplane, he fell down, he hit his knee on something, and it was just bleeding down his leg. Um, and he did not care at all. So I show him that picture all the time. I said, "This is exactly what you used to do too. Like this, that's why we're doing what we're doing. Because this is going to become what what happens later if you get." in the face like not literally but you know figuratively or maybe even literally right figuratively whatever it is life is going to punch you in the face and that's not where it stops 
Like that's not yeah. like there's there's stuff that goes beyond that hit in the face. So stuff that goes beyond crashing into a tree. Let's keep it going and and, and remember the good that comes out of all of this and learn from it. So I love hearing that that you do something similar with that. Gracious do hard things. That's phenomenal. I love hearing that. That might yeah. even be the yeah. title of the episode. Who knows? I mean, it's it's important, man. Just you know, to word again, the words we use are powerful. Um, and you know, teaching teaching your kids to have a growth mindset. Um, yes. You know, yeah. I can't is a word that you know that that phrase is is not is not allowed <laughs> in no. our household. <laughs> Good, it's the same not. thing I said. And if, if it's a, uh, it's it's a, I haven't learned it yet, or you know, I I still need practice with. It's something I'd say the same thing. Like with can't is not a word we use. We can't say can't. Yeah. It's just not. It's not in our vocabulary. So, yeah. Um, but man, that's a hard one because there's times it that is. I say the same thing. Like, hey, daddy, could you do this? No, I can't do that. Oh. <sighs> daddy's knee doesn't really allow him to do that right now <laughs> like, it's not that i can't it's just i i, I need to do it differently or you know right. whatever like even last night my son you know wanted to, i didn't say i can't but it was one of those how's he going to remember this things you know and, and something in the same vein now we've been out late we came back it was like 10 30 at night and said all right well you guys go get in bed daddy could you come tuck us in and I was like, mommy and daddy are going to sit down. We've got some, you know, we just want to chat, relax, just mommy and daddy. Um, okay. And then, you know, I go in and go to the bathroom and I was like, you idiot. Like you're home with your kids. Go tuck them into bed. Like, you know, and I go in and I you yeah. know, jump into bed and start tucking them in. And I thought you were going to tuck me in. I said, come on, buddy. I, I had to think about that again and say, there's no way daddy's not going to, like, I'm not going to be home and not come tuck you into bed. Like, it doesn't matter what time it is. It doesn't matter whether you should already be asleep. Like, let's tuck you guys in and say goodnight. And, um, you know, put put yourself in a situation where you you have to do it. It's not a and, and well, let me rephrase that. I don't even like the way I said that. Like, put yourself in a situation where you want to do it, not you have to do it, right? And especially when it comes to your kids. Like, I want totally. to always be there for them. You know, not I have to. I do have to. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. That's that's what I'm called to do. But I want to do it, not just have to do it. Yeah, there's a, a similar similar kind of idea and thought. Um, a while back, it was it was in the winter. Um, uh, you know, I, I take my kids to school uh, now that I'm out and mm-hmm. I have my own schedule, and um, I take my kids to school every morning. Um, and I, I, I love, it. I absolutely love it. Like it's the best part of my day. Uh, but we're, you know, there's oftentimes where we're in a rush. You know, we get behind. And we're, you know, I don't mm-hmm. want to be late. I'm a military guy. I need to be on time. I need to be yeah. early to be on time. Right. Very much. And, so. uh, it was snowing. <laughs> it was winter time, and uh, we were already behind schedule. We were already late. So I was getting. I was getting flustered. I was getting hurried and I was trying to get him out the door and we go outside and my son stops and he's like farting around and he, he starts like piling some snow up and he turns around and he like throws a snowball at me. Right. And I'm like, let's go. And I, again, I'm like flustered, rushed, like get in the car. Mm-hmm. We're late. Like we're going to be late for school. And I just saw this face of like disappointment. Uh, that like all he wanted to do was just have a quick like fun little snowball mm-hmm. fright right and as he was kind of climbing up in into the truck um i was like hey wells like just like light bulb i was like dude stop stop being this you yeah. know stick in the mud dad right like i said hey wells and he turned i was like yeah dad i grabbed a snowball and like threw it at him and like just beaming smile <laughs> right just ear to ear smile he yeah. jumped back out and like threw a couple snowballs and it was like a minute right yeah. like it wasn't going to impact on how 
late we were going to be or on time we were going to be. But just that that decision to be the fun dad, right? Mm-hmm. And and be the one that just doesn't say no all the time. And so like, I've I've tried to take that um, that one experience, and I've really tried to say yes more often, right? Yeah. Not not I can't, and you know, be the dad who has the pillow flights at night, you know, before bedtime. Be the be the dad that says, oh, I, I, yes, I will absolutely tuck yeah. you in. Yes, I will read one more book with you, right? Yes, I will have that snowball fight. Um, yes, you can have, you know, the the lollipop, um, you know, and, and you know, it's just just you know, I, I'm trying to have that that mentality a lot more, mm-hmm. uh, and and be the dad that runs around the playground, be the dad who's throwing the kids in the pool, be the dad who's engaged, and and the other kids want to come play with on the playground. Like you're yeah. the dad on the playground playing tag with the kids, right? Um, and, you know. Just having that mindset, having that mindset of, of, of being that guy that, that other men around um, want to be like. Yeah. I think I think that's uh, it's really important. It was, a, it was a huge mindset shift for me, and um, it's, made a, it's made a huge difference on just the relationship that I have with my children. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. That's something very similar that I've, I've, I've probably done that five different times. I told myself all five times that this, is, this needs to be a, a thing you always do, but I, I revert back to it. Brings me right back again because Fresh had just read it yesterday. But that ruthless elimination of hurry, right? Like it's yeah. always like, like that is that one thing that will make me very short very quickly is if we're late. Like, yeah. can we never get out of the house on time? Are you kidding me right now? You know, like and like we got three kids to put together, and yeah, like what like what am I supposed to like? Okay, well, if we need to be somewhere by ten, we should probably be fully getting ready by nine so that we're ready to be out the door and that's on me to make sure that we do that so i'm getting irritated knowing that it's going to take extra long because it took extra long well if i already know it's going to take extra long then start earlier like it's your own it's your own fault and then and then you can enjoy that right so own that um it's easy for us to say, oh, well, it's, you know, it was my, my wife putting makeup on, which is a, a, a terrible excuse for me because my wife doesn't wear makeup. But, um, like, it, whatever, we could blame it on, well, the, because the kids never put their shoes on and I told them to. I said, well, no, it's still your fault. I'm still the dad <laughs> supposed to be running the show and making sure that we're doing all these things. So, to own, own that so that I can throw that extra snowball so that we can, you know, have that fun, silly, like, my son loves to race putting the seatbelt on. But for me, I'm thinking to myself, you should already have your seatbelt on before I even sit my butt in the car because I sent you guys out <laughs> yeah. early. You know, so then when I get out to the car and it's not on, I'm like, why haven't you buckled your seatbelt? I should be driving right now this very second. And it's like, golly, yeah. Adam, like, slow down. Like, be, like, relax. Yeah. It's okay. Nobody's getting shot out here. This, we're not at war. Like, I don't need to hustle up to the next spot. There's no, I'm up. They see me. I'm down. Like, just let's calm down. Have a conversation. It's okay. Um, and I'm just terrible at that. So, I, I, if nothing yeah. else, this 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 conversation has reminded me about how bad I am at that. So, thanks a bunch, Stu. Really appreciate you're, you're that. You're welcome. Like you're I said, welcome. Like, uh, you know, if, if I get something out of these podcasts, that's what I'm looking for. If somebody else does, eh, whatever. That's okay. You know, so oh, hopefully dude, we, somebody else we, does. We, yeah, man, we use our podcast as a mentoring session for ourselves. It's one hundred percent just for us. Yeah. If, if somebody I mean, else gets that something out of it, then great, fair, fine, sure. Great. But yeah. uh, but it's it's really all about me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Precisely. <laughs> that, is, that is basically the case. So, well, uh, well, that said, I appreciate you spending a bunch of time uh, for me. Yeah. Um, you know, hanging out here, it was an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Besides the fact that you made me feel terrible from from time to time about my inability to uh, keep my patience and uh, control uh, control that side yeah. of me. But I'm, I'm uh, in it with you, brother. 
Yeah, it's, I think I think majority of us are, especially if you're you know an entrepreneur or you know a military guy or both. Um, boy, both really is is putting a putting a limit on the on the brain schedule here. So, but uh, yeah, but yeah, it's it it was an absolute pleasure chatting with you. I thank you for uh, for spending some time. Um, I'm positive some some folks got uh, quite a few folks. Anybody listening got something out of it. So thank you for for sharing. Um, if people want to get a hold of you, maybe they want to invest with you. Maybe they want to uh, learn a little bit more about being a dad from you, listen to your podcast, whatever it is. What's the best way for them to uh, find you, reach out to you? Um, how can how can we do yeah. that? Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Um, so we have just we have a website. Um, it's uh, we're actually in the process of rebranding everything. Um, you know, so far, it's been Storehouse. Uh, our website is Storehouse three one zero dot com. Uh, we have a podcast called Filling the Storehouse. Um, most of our real estate businesses have been storehouse related, but uh, we are in the process of doing some rebranding. We have a men's mastermind group. It's called uh, the Kinetic Man Mastermind. Um, so a new pot, a new website uh, uh, is uh, in work right now. It's uh, thekineticman.com. Um, and um, yeah, go check that out. And there's uh, links to the socials. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. If you want to look me up on LinkedIn, just look up Stuart Grazier on LinkedIn. Uh, happy to connect there. Um, and yeah, that's it, man. All right. Awesome. I want to appreciate you having we, me before we close. I do. Uh, what is, uh, tell me about storehouse 310. What does that mean? Cause I saw yeah, that storehouse 310. Yeah. yeah. So storehouse 310 comes from, uh, Malachi 310. Um, our, our businesses, uh, we, we, you know, said a long time ago that our businesses are going to serve and, and give. Um, it's one of our, our core values. Uh, so 10, 10% of all the profits from any of our business, um, goes into a donor advice fund, which is uh, created through the national Christian foundation. And then we take that money and we go and support, um, charities, nonprofit organizations that uh, are doing great work. Uh, so storehouse 310, 310, Malachi 310 says, bring a tithe to the storehouse and test me in this and see if the Lord will not open up the floodgates of heaven. That's phenomenal. Um, so that's yeah. what we do, man. I had a feeling it'd be something like that. So I wanted to ask that's uh that's great. I'm glad, uh, glad to hear that. So, all right. Well, thank you again, Stu, for jumping on. I'm, uh, fun, I'm really excited. It was great to get to know you a little bit more and, um, looking well. forward to the next chat. You still, all right. All right. Thanks, Talk buddy. to everybody later. Thank you so much for listening to the Biz Dad Podcast. We hope you found some value in your time here with us, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode. If you've enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and share so you and your friends won't miss our upcoming episodes. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Rumble, where we continue these discussions and share more valuable content. Be the dad you know you need to be and run your business in a way you're proud to share with your kids. Keep crushing it.